action. Hello, welcome back to In Omnia Paratus. I'm Angela, here with co-host Jay, and welcome to an episode two years in the making? A year and a half in the making? Since we decided to launch. A year and a half in the making, which will aptly be called Don't Be an Asshole, as today we will be discussing Jay's top 10 things you should not do to be a better person in society. That took a lot out of you, didn't it? It did, yeah. Okay, but before we do that. My head is still in the wordle. (laughs) Okay, well before we get into all of that, I had seen something on YouTube and I'm like, oh my god, what have Angela and I not done in a while? Challenges, dares, that I've been waiting for on this podcast. So the rules were no public humiliation, Mm -hmm. nothing illegal. Mm -hmm. That was all the rules. Yes. So as this was my idea, I will courteously let Angela dare me first and then I have mine. Okay, I have zero idea what Jay's dare for me is, but apparently all of our friends do. No, only only my family and they know that I have a dare for you. They don't know what it is. Got it. Okay. Well, okay. I didn't think that this fell into the realm of public humiliation, but you can let me know. My dare for you is I would like you to dress up as your favorite Marvel character the next time we hang out with our friends. No context. Just like show up as said Marvel character. Can not like Disney bound it where it's like I allude to it or like I need to find like a one piece Captain America suit shield combo. I'd like you to get as close to the ladder as possible, but obviously if we're going to like a nice restaurant, okay. don't show up with the shield, but <laughs> Got it. like, because we're still in quarantine, heads up, there's a new variant here in the Bay Area as of right now. So Yippee. I figured since the next time we see each other, it will most likely be just us. Like you could emerge from the house. Okay. Steve Rogers and all. And mine does need to be filmed because I do need a little bit of proof for mine. I'm super excited. Oh God. My dare for you is to do and film Cassie's 4 a.m. get ready for school routine (laughs) while she's trying to impress Nate. (laughs) Oh my God. Do I have to act like Cassie? Sure. I saw a YouTuber saying like I replicated it and so she got it for him. So during this morning routine for those of you who do not watch Euphoria, she gets up, shaves, self tans, curls her hair, two sheet masks, rollers, electrocution devices, <laughs> plop everywhere, <laughs> everything. devices. So yes, so you do need to film the process to prove it. It does need to be at 4am. Henceforth, the dare part of this challenge. Oi. Which is why I think almost acting like I'm Cassie will make it easier because yeah. here's the thing. If I do it as Angela, it will be very funny. There will be lots of grumbling about how I hate 4am and the sun has not been up and obviously. And of course, full makeup. Rhinestones included whatever I'm trying to remember we'll 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 rewatch the clip and but like it's an extensive morning routine okay starting at 4 a.m that does need to be filmed and I also will need to see all of the timestamps of the clips to see that they do go like I need screen recordings of when the videos (laughs) were all taken from the same day in succession okay Ooh. okay I will do my best Angela as Sydney Sweeney as Cassie Howard. Howard yes Okay, we can do this. Yeah, I'm fine with this. I think they're fair. Yeah. I'm like trying to think of like what I'm gonna wear as a Marvel character. Like, oh my god, I would totally do Wanda as the Dick Van Dyke wife in the blue dress with the apron and like the pink girls. Oh my god. If we include series, I like can have fun with the WandaVision ones. Yeah, oh just god. like and what if I was like, I'll be um Aquafina in Shang-Chi. Oh my god. Okay, no, the stipulation is it has to be your favorite character. So wherever you're currently landing and like I know favorite is like a big thing, so like top five, one of the top five. I'm like, me being smart Hulk seems like a little too much work. 
<laughs> Gonna love Smart Hulk though. I know, I'm trying to think what, what if I say I love Zendaya? <laughs> I'll sure like that yellow sundress she wears in Far From Home. Oh my when God. When she goes to the opera. <laughs> or Ned. I'll wear a Hawaiian shirt. Ned had my love and respect for all of five minutes in that last movie and then it all went to trash. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could be um, Christian Christian summer camp leader. Um, Tobey Maguire, third Spider-Man. Oh, Christian oh camp my God, Spider. yes. <laughs> okay, love I'll Toby. see, I'll see. I'll go through my options. If you want, I will invite all of our friends to like a park picnic or something. So, so like, we have people? We have an, an event for you to dress up for because we currently don't have plans with anyone else right now. I just don't have plans in general. Yeah. Same. That's an episode for another day. I wrote this list two years ago when I was just thinking of things that I think fall under common decency. I have amended some of these. Tinks, a very lovely, very famous TikToker, came up with a term that I love, which is strong opinions loosely held. Oh, I know who she is now. Good job, Angela. Yep. So I, these are strong opinions. I understand there's nuance. I understand there are situations. Empathy, all that stuff is not going to be in this episode. Strong <laughs> opinions loosely held. I have amended some of these, like I said, but I think these are things that we should all do to be a better, more well-rounded society, human, uplift others to be kind. Ready? Ready. Number one, all caps, I wrote tip. Do not go out if you cannot tip. I've only recently heard about this thing that people will do where they'll put like $20 on the table and like depending on the service, like they'll take money away. Like this is your tip. We'll see how much is on here at the end. I've never heard of that until TikTok. I don't like that. I've heard of that for a long time, but I don't agree with it at all. I think that it's very demeaning and it's it's an unnecessary power move. Don't do it. Tip, just like tip. And I understand the amount might not be equivalent if you're in high school, you're a socioeconomic thing. Mm-hmm. I do still believe if you cannot tip, get takeout. I don't think you should sit down at a restaurant with the server and the staff's time if you cannot tip. Mm-hmm. I understand in the system we shouldn't have to tip, which is a different issue within the system we have. People make money off tips. Like I saw this one server, or I think she was a hostess, I don't remember, but it's like when people, so many people didn't tip, like she lost money that day. Like she had to pay in and money got taken out of her paycheck because it's like they tip the cooks They when they do even mm-hmm. tips, the bartenders, the wait staff, they just like lose percentages. So tips are included in, it's ridiculous but in the way that wages are assigned to servers, they assume a certain amount gets tipped mm-hmm. in the end of the night. So if at the end of the night they didn't make that much in tips, they literally lose money. Mm-hmm. That's actually something that I hadn't heard of until recently that there's like a tip for the kitchen staff. Like that's something that I'd never heard of before. But like imagine like going to a restaurant and like we spend like $100 on a nice meal mm-hmm. and like let's say we only tip $5. Not that we would do that. But like the assumption is that we would tip at least 10. Like they assume $10 will at least get tip. That discrepancy is there. It mm-hmm. comes out of that person's paycheck, mm-hmm. which is why I say like, if you cannot, I understand everyone's not in the capacity to tip, but it's like, if you can't tip, don't eat at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I think no matter what, whenever you're going to eat out, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, counter service, table, whatever, you should be assuming that there is going to be some sort of tip involved. I've heard that some people go out and they actually think that if they're eating a meal earlier in the day, they don't have to tip. I've never heard that. I Yeah, it's really weird. I've seen, I think there are different scenarios. Like if you get a coffee or like you get ice cream, like spare change is like one thing. But mm-hmm. I'm more referring, when I'm referring to tipping, I'm more referring to you go to a location and you sit down and you eat anything mm-hmm. where like a waiter has to wait on you mm-hmm. versus like takeout or like a Chipotle is a different situation. I still think if like there's a dollar or two, like tip them, but it's not the same thing as a waiter who has to wait with a staff at like a Cheesecake Factory 
factory. Right. No, I agree with that. I think that everyone should tip. Tip what you can, obviously. Just try to make sure, like, particularly, like, if you're that person with, or you're part of that group with the really large bill, don't go in with 5%, 2%. Try to hit that Dean minimum mark. 20 is minimum at this point. Really? I thought that was just 18, like a... 18 to 20. Oh, wow. You should yeah. be doing 18 to 20 if you're going out to eat. Yeah, plan on hitting that 18 to 20. Like, I know some people who, like, they make that into part of their monthly budget. This, if I'm going to eat out, this is what I have to spend and this is what I have to tip. Well, also going off that, if we can afford to go to a $100 meal, but we don't have enough to tip, mm-hmm. maybe you should go to a less expensive restaurant where you can tip. Right. Because they also expect more tips at higher price points. Mm-hmm. First hot take, I guess. Second one, pick up your dog shit. This one, I have dog sat quite frequently in the last year. And so I have an amendment to this one. Do your best to pick up your dog shit. I'm not getting too graphic here. Sometimes it's fresher than other times. And it's harder if you don't have like the pooper scooper or you can't carry it or it's spontaneous. You ran out of bag. I've realized how many situations can happen. But when you can, mm-hmm. do it or try. Mm-hmm. Definitely for me, it's like more of a trying thing. Like I said, I've dog sat quite frequently for a very large animal in the past year. And I now understand the new nuances and complexities that come with this statement and so I hold less judgment and more empathy here but you can tell when it's attempted Mm -hmm. and you can tell when there was no attempt and as a dog owner you should have extra bags Mm -hmm. yeah definitely I I'm not a dog owner I've never dog sat before I don't think anyone would trust me to but I agree the attempts are appreciated on my end it honestly like it does make a difference like as someone like me I commute a lot so like my commuter shoes get pretty gross and rough up it's nice when they're easier to clean and you chose to have a dog yeah so this is part of carrying with great power comes great responsibility yes good job thank you and apparently that's not the correct quote but i don't know the full one there's more to the uncle ben quote Oh yeah. Number three, hold the door, hold the elevators. Any and all gender, hold the door, hold the elevator. Yeah, I'm like super big on this one, especially for the elevator. If you see someone coming, like rushing towards the elevator, don't just stand there, like try, like at least attempt to hit the door close button or open open. (laughs) the door open button. (laughs) At least attempt to hit the door open button. Like even then it's appreciated on the other end. The only addendum I have to that is on COVID restrictions for elevators. I know yes. that they do have those. Like, that's a different thing. Or if you're immunocompromised, like, we get it. But, like, if you see someone struggling with their hands in a door or in an elevator, just hold it. I sometimes hold it, frankly, too long, like, an awkward distance away. Where I, or I like, I also will run. If I see someone holding the door, I will run. I think that's also respectful mm-hmm. to do. Like, don't, like, leisurely go. But yeah, hold the door, pull the elevator. Number four, say please and thank you. Say it more than you think you need to. Just say it. I saw this TikTok recently. That was a great, it was your advice for, like, a happy and healthy marriage like as like a person just say please and thank you more than you think you need to even for things that you have delegated to each other to ask me like hey like thanks for doing this like Angela thanks for being on time today and ordering Starbucks <laughs> you're welcome yeah no it's good I think there's like absolutely no reason to not say it I agree I feel like it becomes really difficult as well when you fall out of the practice of it to start saying it again mm-hmm. start it makes the other people. person people feel good it'll make you feel good going similarly with that look service workers in the eye if you're at starbucks if you're getting your nails done if you're getting wax obviously a bikini wax you can say it after trying on shoes trying on clothes humans Mm -hmm. look humans 
in the eye when you are speaking to them. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I said service workers, because as we both know, working retail, it's hard. And I do give credit with Zoom, Zoom the cameras and multi-screens, I get it. But I'm more speaking when you're in physical proximity to another human who is serving you, look them in the eye or try. Mm-hmm. Try to be present for those conversations and remember that you're interacting with another person. You're not just interacting with interacting on your own. Like the amount of people who will just super distractedly just wave off like a thanks. It's just like, no, just stop, take the moment, look at them, say thank you, please. Good morning. It helps. Number six is always bring your receipt for a return. This is a, again, a purely retail one. I get it. Receipts can be locked. I always try to get mine emailed whenever possible because mm-hmm. I'm more likely to remember it or take a picture and have a folder in your phone called receipts or a note scan them into mm-hmm. because receipts are needed at most places. I know there was a story time I was listening to recently where a girl lost her receipt and they couldn't find it. And she's like, I get it, but I shop here. I'm a loyal customer. It's like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I've been a customer and I've been a salesperson. It's hard. It's a hard balance because on one end, customers don't want their information saved. They don't want to be in the loyalty programs. They don't want to give up data. They don't want their credit card on file. Mm-hmm. And also they don't want a receipt to like to remember to have their receipt. And you need one of those two for privacy. So you have to, I think as a society, we need to better decide which is worse. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think just my little add on to that is particularly if you're returning something, save the tags, save the label. Save everything you can. It, just, it makes it so much easier to get through that process. Mm-hmm. I know I feel like maybe where some of that dissonance comes in is where some stores have now started like online returns where you don't need to bring your receipt if you already fill in that receipt information at home and then it'll generate like another code or email for you to bring up to the register when you actually bring it in mm-hmm. but it's just save everything you're gonna need it at some point do not toss it until you are absolutely sure you are a hundred percent going to keep said item and number seven I can say the screenshot is from February 24th 2021 which means this conversation was had before that but it's Google first which has now been evolved to Google is free before you ask something and as we're gonna talk about in another episode this month the emotional labor of someone else Google Mm -hmm. Google first where is this restaurant obviously certain things like where are we meeting like can't Google but like (laughs) anything you can Google Google does racism exist what's happening in Ukraine with Russia why is it anti-semitic to say free Palestine to every Jewish person Google Google before you will tell you here's the thing my only addendum to that is if you are speaking to someone who is like expert in the field and like you're talking about that conversation but don't assume people are an expert say for example if you're speaking to I don't know like if you're speaking to a psychologist and you're like what is I'm I'm blanking right now I see what you're saying and I think it depends on how the conversation is what I'm speaking of is things that are not brought up so like Angela is part Mexican yes I just can make a hey Angela how do you say this in Spanish or Angela why do Mexican people eat beans and rice yes it's extremely racist (laughs) but like my point is like because people are part of a certain group does not mean they are a walking talking billboard for that group and can speak on behalf of them Google okay yes I agree with that I do think it's like if someone's like hey I'm a doctor and I'm here to answer questions Mm -hmm. then yes but it's like if you're asking a question that has no context or you're curious about like curiosity doesn't mean that someone owes you an answer Mm -hmm. owes you a response number eight leave 10 minutes earlier that's it just leave 10 minutes earlier than you plan on leaving set your clocks 10 minutes earlier so then you're leaving 20 minutes earlier than you planned on leaving just do it everyone should do this I know everyone gets comfortable for me prior to college I was very punctual like for me like 10 minutes early was like on time for me my whole life in college we had many sorority events where I would be waiting 30 40 50 minutes so I've started backsliding and then when I started having brunch early on with my friends here they would all be 20 to 30 minutes late so I now have 
have a different policy, but if they left 10 minutes earlier or 20 minutes earlier, I could leave on time. Yes. I don't know. I'm like a late person, so I don't know if I have much of a leg to stand on here, okay. but it's like also for people who like to be early, be conscious of long travel times okay. for other people because then sometimes like even leaving 10 minutes early, sometimes that's not possible if they already have to leave an hour early to meet you. Okay. Like I that, that can be hard. I see that. But I also think like if you know you need to be on the 1030 train to be on time mm -hmm. and it takes you 20 minutes from there to get to your house, leave at 10 o'clock instead of 1010. Like don't leave in just enough time. Like, things happen. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, even then I think feel like public transportation is even just a different matter. Yeah. Because for example, during the time of this recording, we're going through a really heavy rain here in the Bay Area and trains got delayed up to an hour. Yeah. So and it's like, that's something that never happens. Like maybe a 20 minute delay. Mm -hmm. There were 45 minute delays for trains. Oh yeah. I completely understand that. And the thing is for people like me who prefer to be early, if I'm 30 minutes early, like I don't start your time from the time mm -hmm. I get there. I had to wait an hour. Yeah. I started from the time of the scheduled event. So if the scheduled yeah. event was 11 and I'm there at 1030 and you're there at 1130, I'm not like you're an hour late. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you're 30 minutes late. Yeah. And I do understand that like lateness isn't a reflection on the person who, who is on the receiving end of the late person. But if we all as a society left 10 minutes earlier, mm -hmm. we could all save things. And I think that also goes, especially when driving, like people rush, it's how accidents happen. So yeah. just things get messed up, how injuries happen, like mm -hmm. rushing. So if we all left 10 minutes earlier, there'd be less rushing in the world. That is why my clocks are set 10 minutes early. There you go. Mm -hmm. Number nine. We're getting through these really, really quick. So Angela, we're going to find. We're, we're going to find more things we'll that we things. need society to be better about. Nine. Speakerphone was not meant for public transportation. Oh my God. I feel God, like you yes. can speak to this one more. I don't need to hear your conversation with your bank, your insurance company, your doctor, your child's preschool principal. I know conversations were meant to be private unless everybody is together or everybody has agreed to be on the call together. Your train companions, your bus companions, your restaurant companions, the person shopping next to you in Bloomingdale's, whatever, the person at the auto body shop, wherever, they did not sign up to be a part of your conversation. Please leave them out of it. Also, that is just a huge safety risk as well because you are just spouting out all kinds of personal information that people can then pick up. I was listening to Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, and she was saying how she has a big thing with loud people. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's not so much like being loud. It's like speakerphone because things like, I get it. Sometimes I need to take a call or like we're like checking in. But like lower your voice, keep it out. And something that she said, which is interesting is like psychologically, our brains like want to like recognize patterns and want to like finish the thoughts. It's like if you catch wind of someone's conversation, some call it nosy, but like psychologically, like now you're interested. Now your brain is going there. Mm -hmm. And sure, we, you could try to focus on your own thing, but if both, if it's a speakerphone and a loud conversation, like you're gonna hear whether you want it or not. Now your brain is like thinking about that. It's like, don't look at the pink giraffe. You're gonna look at the pink giraffe. Mm -hmm. So actually just yesterday there was this, so I mean, not the same thing, but this woman was on a call and then she had her kids in the coffee shop and then she started, she took, switched the phone to speakerphone and then started yelling at her kids. So now the whole coffee shop is just hearing everything, but my brain started finishing her thoughts. And like, I was responding to the things that she was saying as I was just standing there scrolling through Instagram. Like she started yelling at her kids. This is the reason that we don't come to places like this. And my brain was like, well, I'm here for the right reasons. And then that launched and really awkward. Then yes. bachelorette, bachelor, are, we're here for the right reasons oh thing in my head. But it just like, you get sucked in. You do. And then number 10, before that, I like this addendum I put it at the end for the 
the whole tipping thing. The addendum is if your credit card has an annual fee, 18% minimum tip, <laughs> which I think is very reasonable. And last but not least on my list of things to don't be an asshole, be a good human, better the world. If there is no trash can in sight, your hands, your pocket, your person is the trash can. I do this all the time and I don't understand how it isn't second nature to other people. I literally will have like a pocket full of gum wrappers, granola bar wrappers, tissues, whatever. I'm sorry, my pockets are gross. I, I lice all of them afterwards. But why guys? Why are you just dropping things on the ground? Don't do that. Mm -hmm. Just don't. I, I should, we shouldn't have to explain that to you. Mm -hmm. Very short and sweet for once, my 10 hot takes on how to be better humans, better society. And from here on out, Angela's favorite thing to do, wing the rest of the podcast. Oh my God, it's so much fun. Do you have any tips to add? Things I missed. I'm sure there are plenty of blind spots. To me, these were the 10 well-rounded solid tips I felt that encompassed a lot of things, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there are plenty others we can name. If you're in a seat or area on public transportation that is marked for those that are handicapped, pregnant, or elderly, and you are not, and someone gets on said transportation that needs the seat, Get please up. give them the seat. Oh yeah. I feel like that's just super simple. Another one, which I think people just might not know as much as if you are in anywhere from an Ulta to a Target to a Nordstrom, if there are items you don't want and you don't want to put them back, it's better to take them to the register mm -hmm. and not just throw them places because then that's going to give the workers more work. It's better to just be like, hey, I don't want these anymore. And then they can sort and do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. Most retail locations have a system for that. So do that. That's a really good one. What else? This is very, this is very personal to me, but do not step on light colored carpets with your shoes in someone's house or in an office area. Like they're meant to be decorative. Don't step on them. That one I don't think as much as a universal thing because really? I feel like if you have a carpet, it's on the floor. I mean, true, but I feel like generally they're pretty small and I almost look at them as areas where people are saying like, do not step here. Like do not come close to this. I think it's on the floor. I think it's fair game. Hmm, interesting. I know in a lot of Asian cultures, it's like don't wear shoes in the house. So mm -hmm. I get that. And I think like area rugs, like it's one thing if like it's an area rug with like a chair under it or something like mm -hmm. obviously. But I think if you just like have like empty space with like a rug in the middle and you expect people to know not to walk over it, I don't, I don't agree with that one. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. For laundromat or shared laundry machines in an apartment or something, like give people grace, give them like five, 10 minutes to come collect their laundry and move it. Just don't toss out someone's wet, freshly laundered clothes because you can't wait five minutes for them to come back. What if there's a basket? It, but is it their basket? Is the basket clean? If it's an empty basket that doesn't look gross, I'm like, I think it's fair game. And it's like, I think I will, I will say universally, since we're trying to focus on the mm -hmm. average, five minutes. I say 10 minutes. Seven and a half minutes. <laughs> I will meet you at eight. I think if you are the person who's in using share, said shared space, set your timers, remember your timers. So that way you're there like as close to to the machines finishing as possible mm -hmm. but just please be nice about it don't just drop like wet clothes on the floor oh, yeah, or no. on top of a dirty That's machine if we're saying eight minutes if the clothes have been there past eight minutes find like a nice receptacle receptacle to put them in so they're not going to get dirty i agree with that mm -hmm. give people space when they parallel park do not park on someone's bumper okay that's a little different i'm from the suburbs we have space you can give people a foot on either end to get out yes i think it different depending on how much space like New York, LA, San Francisco, San Diego. If you get parking, you get parking. Mm -hmm. I think, yes, if there's room, give bumper space. If there's not room, congrats, you found a parking spot in under 45 minutes in a big city. Mm -hmm. I like this is more of like a mantra than anything else, but I heard Whitney Cummings say it and I really liked it. Um, Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it 
it mean. I like that. I think we need to hold ourselves accountable to the words we use and what we say to other people. And you need to mean it like empty promises, empty threats, empty things are just not good, set expectations and disappointment and resentment. But you also don't, you can't just say it the way you would like to say it. Unlike this episode where I'm just speaking freely. <laughs> I agree. I think that what maybe even makes situations worse is when everyone is trying to be like so polite that they are not saying what they mean at all. Mm -hmm. And so then you're just going around in circles and feelings are building up and neither party truly has an understanding. Mm -hmm. They have an idea, but nothing has clearly been said. And I know, especially now, we're doing a lot to try to work through unlearning assumptions that we've made, particularly you and I, like we're working through like not assuming what the other is thinking and like mm -hmm. being more direct. I mean, we've done that for years though. The whole assumption thing we kind of broke out in college. I yeah. think right now you're working on the mean what you say, say what you mean. And I'm working on the don't say it mean portion of that. Because <laughs> I have no problem stating my needs, dating things that I would like and how I need it to be received and what I'm trying to say. But I don't always say it in a way that would motivate or have others feel the need to give me what I would like. I'll let you speak on the other. And I am able to finesse anything that I say so that it sounds lovely and agreeable to any party I speak to. Mm -hmm. Even when I am not lovely and agreeable. But, but I need to work on stating things clearly and plainly in a way that helps us all reach compromise. And meaning what you say. So yes. saying actually what it is. Don't say, oh yeah, we can do six podcasts today. I'm totally free. Mm -hmm. If you know in your head, maybe we can do three mm -hmm. or maybe four or whatever it may be. One of my favorite Shakespeare plays, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet reminds us, speak plainly. Call the restaurant and let them know if you're gonna be late for your reservation. How many minutes before? I say give as much lead time as you can. I'd say if you can give them like 30 minutes and let them know like an approximate time that you will actually be there. I think that's really helpful because here's the thing, you're calling 30 minutes ahead of time and you're saying you're gonna be 30 minutes late. Maybe they can squeeze someone else into that table when they thought that you might be there in the next 20 minutes. It works out for the restaurant. It works out for the walk-ins. You are still gonna get a table. I agree. I think if you're running 30 minutes late, anyone involved in said dinner should get that call. Yes, I agree. But like particularly like when we're working on solo dining and things like that, I've made reservations for myself that I've then been running late to. And I try to be really good about calling the restaurant and letting them know. And also just like if you're running late and you're not gonna make your reservation time, you have to be okay with forfeiting your table if they're booked through the rest of the night. If your reservation is for 7.15, you are not gonna make it there until 7.45, you may be out of luck. Mm -hmm. During COVID time, it's interesting because a lot of tables I know would do it that way, mm -hmm. but a lot of them now just do it. Like you have, they don't shorten, they don't cancel your reservation. They just shorten, they just don't extend the time. So it's like, cause they were like 90 minute sessions. So it's like, mm -hmm. let's say your reservation was at seven, which means they'd want you up by 8.30 and you can't show up till late. It's like, well, you have from eight to 8.30 to eat it and leave rather oh. than like, like cancel it Interesting. because with I think COVID protocols and certain things mm -hmm. they wanted it didn't I mean obviously get there on time so you have more time because the time limits it was moving faster anyway mm -hmm. oh okay this one is super specific again we're talking about universal things that every person should do to be better yes universal but still super specific oh no okay if you are a library goer return your <laughs> books on time and I say this is super specific because right now with during quarantine there are a lot of libraries that have dropped due dates so you can check a book 
book out and keep it for as long as you want. Don't keep a book for six months. If it only took you three weeks to read, please return it as soon as possible after that so, so that someone else can read it. Okay, so wait, can we change this to return a book once you've finished it at your earliest convenience? Yes. Because like, what if it takes you six months to read the book? Like, don't shame people for reading slow. Okay, yes. If it takes you six months, that's fine. And you can keep it for six months per library policy. I think that's fine. But just so long as you return it when you're finished so that others get the chance to read it, please do so. I don't know if this is too big picture or not. I mean, I guess it's not because this is my list, but when you get upset with people, treat them like they're your best friend or your sibling. So in the worry of... <laughs> I'm just thinking about how some of our friends with siblings fight. Yeah, that's why I gave two options. Because like, think of it this way. Like, Angela, you're mad at a restaurant because they canceled your reservation because they're like, oh, well, we don't take online ones and mm -hmm. you're going to get mad. Like, pretend that was, I mean, we're not going to say me. Pretend that was like Megan who you were talking to and like mm -hmm. Megan accidentally like deleted the reservation or something. You're going to have a lot more grace for Megan than you are for this person at this restaurant you're super excited to try the food at. Yes, that's true. So make things not literally personal, but like treat human personally. <laughs> <laughs> like don't take it personal like oh my god you screwed up my reservation you hate me mm -hmm. but be personal like shoot like if Megan had made that mistake or if Angela had made that mistake Brian Allie Grace had made that mistake would I be as angry as I am at this stranger at this location if they had the same position otherwise known as don't be a Karen well I feel like Karen started with asking for the manager and I feel like oh, there I are times like to ask like... for the manager but I think like there are sometimes to genuinely ask for a manager True. I don't know. I feel like it's hard because like obviously this episode is more light and more on a human to human level but it's like it's hard with like a list like this to exclude things like the amount of Asian hate has severely increased and continues to with Asians getting pushed into the subway in New York. A girl I used to be friends with was called a slur at a bar recently. Just another Asian girl got assaulted on another subway in New York and I think like it's hard like we're saying these things lightheartedly jokingly as we can from human to human but I think the bigger issue here since we have time is like we don't see other people as human a lot of the time whether it's because they're of lower socioeconomic class lower education level lower position of work they're serving you something interesting so I referenced this um Karamo Brown from Queer I was on a podcast with Justin Baldoni I referenced this in another episode we did but it was a thing of like when parents teach like don't hit they say don't don't hit hit pillows hit kick the ball kick something else and it's a way to channel the energy but the thing is what they're showing them is that oh you can do it to inanimate objects mm -hmm. but the thing is when it's mirrored to them that some groups of humans are not as are not treated as human as not valuable what's the difference between a soccer ball and a black person what's the difference between a soccer ball and a person of middle east descent like when some when you can kick one thing that's not human what's to stop them from putting like well we don't think these people are human they stole our jobs they stole our land which again america is all on stolen land what differentiates them when there are groups of human that are subhuman so my thing is as someone who strives to see every human as worthy and valuable and who deserves to have a good life these are the tips I have for those people mm -hmm. but the thing is these tips only work and would only be really effective if we saw every human as worthy and valuable in their current existence mm -hmm. greater message here as we touched on in I believe our medical episode in season one no one person is innately better than another person based off of race socioeconomic status educational status genders gender sexual, sexual 
sexual orientation. Religion, or lack thereof. Accessibility? Capability? Capability. Capability. Whether you're neurotypical, neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. We are, we are all humans. We are all striving for equity to get to that same starting point and to stay there and continue to build and lift each other up, not knowing any of those boundaries as well. So be that person and be respectful and inclusive to all Mm -hmm. when you think about channeling this list to be a better person in society. I think we touched on this in another episode, but frankly, we record so many episodes. And I was like, I know we said that in an episode. Equity versus equality. Equality Mm -hmm. is, as of now, as of the way the world is, we all get $100. Mm -hmm. Now, if Angela, who works in finance, gets $100, spoiler alert, people who work in finance are doing just fine because they're literally where the money moves, versus (laughs) a teacher with student loans gets $100, that's not the same $100. Mm-hmm. And so when people think equity is like the same ending point, you're going to end, you and the teacher are both going to end up with $100,000, which means they're going to get more to get to where you are, which is not fair because I believe in working hard. But the thing is what equity means in the situation and the systems we currently live in is bringing everyone to the same starting point now. Mm-hmm. So meaning that everyone gets a college education. Mm-hmm. Everyone has ac- or access to a college education if that's the route they'd like to take. Everyone has access to certain things rather than saying we'll give everyone $10,000 it's like let's start everyone off with the college education together and then go into the world and fight it out and do what you want to do but rather because people hear the equities like that's the same end point like it's the same end point for the new start not the same end end it's not like okay everyone gets them everyone can cap at a million dollars a year no one can make a million dollars a year until everyone makes a million dollars that year it's not like taming of the shrew where you can't date until your older sister dates or marries oh my god yes and i think just furthering that point getting everyone to the same starting point and then making sure that those glass ceilings or other i don't know what's the boundary word that we use for this i feel like it would be like it's the intrinsic biases implicit bias yeah it's like and destroying those implicit biases that are keeping people from continuing to move up. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it they talked about? Is it last year's Academy Awards was like the most diverse group of nominees ever? But then over the majority of the awards still went to white actors, writers, directors, and producers. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, in their eyes, they had achieved equity in terms of their nominee pool. But then the way that the voting skewed, it didn't match what a a lot of people were saying in terms of where like the popularity and the well the equity wasn't in the wrong yeah. place the equity should be in the people who who cast their in the judges because that's right. the thing um i was listening to whitney cummings podcast good for you love the title oh i don't remember who the guest was and i recently listened to it let me see your phone okay. i'll tell the story as i sort or look up her podcast and i'll tell you who the guest was but basically she was saying how she was in whitney cummings was invited to a times up luncheon right when that was movement was big and it was a bunch of the big celebrities you know and love like the year that they all wore black to the golden globes mm-hmm. and whitney cummings was like on t- a talk with them and was asked about like participating and she was like why are you throwing a luncheon for these actresses like no offense to all of these like great actresses but like why shouldn't we do it for producers and for writers and for people who like are the ones who actually have the ability to hire and to make change i think it was the amanda seals episode looking mm-hmm. at this list of episodes i just listened to when you host a dinner 
dinner for the actresses for them to talk about the inequities. It's like they don't have a say. They don't make the change. They're not the ones who get the input. So instead, give the meetings, have the spaces, have the people who actually have the power to change things. They're the ones who need the equity, not the people who are like, yeah, we all know things are wrong. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, but who can change that? It's all just a mess. Can, can you elaborate? Like one of those things that sounds so easy. Let's make it a fair playing field. Let's get everyone to the same starting point. But there are so many systems in place that just keep it from happening. There, it's almost like a Jackson Pollock is the artist that keeps coming to mind, and I don't think it's him. But there's this type of art where everything looks like smudgy and weird up close. But if you glance at it from afar, it's breathtakingly beautiful, and like you can see the shapes and like you can see the details. But the closer you get to it, the more muddled and convoluted it is. And that's basically like the problem that we're having right now, trying to achieve equity. Taking a glance from afar, it looks like we've come a long way. And the closer you get to it and the more you examine it, the more fucked up it is. It doesn't mean we haven't come a long way though. Yes. It just means how much farther and nuanced these conversations continuing will be. Yes. We've got 10 more minutes of talking, so. I guess overall, is there anything you've personally experienced in like the past year since our radical change movement has been going on that you feel has brought equity more into your life? I want to say no, but there are certain things that smaller things that I realized and that I even was called out, not personally, but like in 2020, like, hey, how many black people do you follow on Instagram? How many shows with the black leading cast do you want? What are you digesting and ingesting media? wise regularly is Mm -hmm. it an echo chamber even that like is it all people who agree with me i remember when the asian hate came around 30 people posted the same flipping infographic like great love that we all saw this one really cool trendy one that meets our feed Mm -hmm. but like did you read it did you follow the resource links So I feel like for me, it's about like making sure I'm following people who don't look like me and listening to people who have different, not necessarily different opinions, but stories that I'm not part of. And this isn't like, oh, go me. I watched Abbott Elementary, which is, by the way, is a great show, got renewed for season two. And they're doing a lot to give back to schools in, I believe would be, I think title one would be the correct term, like lower income school. Mm -hmm. Like they partnered with the Scholastic Book Club, Book Fair and stuff. They're doing a lot of good. And it is a black woman written, created show on ABC with a dog black student cast Mm -hmm. that is progress and it could be more progress but it's like who's watching the show what are they taking from it I've heard this a lot I've heard this on TikTok like the notion of black Hollywood how there's like actors and actresses who have done multiple things many many projects but like they're mostly black exclusive cast so they're not accepted the way they are in mainstream media I know we posted the clip of Viola Davis saying how she has as many basically credits and awards as Meryl Streep does she does not get paid what Meryl Streep does Mm -hmm. even though her accolades are very similar in number Mm -hmm. see and I don't know for me that's just one of the things that is so difficult to keep processing there are so many different lanes and structures that we use to categorize people and keep them separate and then they're still upheld even though like we're asking for change I think just like the term of black Hollywood and like the fact that like there's the distinction there it's something that what we posted that clip two years ago yeah around yeah I'm gonna look and see if there's been any kind of follow-up on that because has there been any work done to break down those barriers and like start recognizing them in the same way because I don't remember hearing anything else about it and then there are, are examples of people doing things on a much more individual basis but still 
there I don't know if it was I don't believe it was the help but it was a movie with Jessica Chastain and Oct Octavia Spencer mm -hmm. and the, I don't remember what movie it was but Jessica Chastain fought for Octavia Spencer to get either paid the same or much higher than she would have been because they were co-leads of this movie and it's like that's what it takes it takes people who have power to see everyone as just human and as another person and value that without also like going even further without needing to be a white savior and the thing is like there's white saviorism where you're boasting about but there's also like you need we need to utilize people in privileged spots to bring others up mm -hmm. and part of that is just recognizing the general privilege that you already have and so in some ways like that taking it out of like the big picture like hollywood mm -hmm. world even recognizing say your space in your workplace if you are working for a company with a newly adopted dei program and they're working to expand their workforce and make it more equitable and inclusive, do your part and reach out to your new co-workers. Help bring them into the fold. Don't, I'm trying to figure out how to say this in like a good way. Help change your work culture to reflect the equality and inclusion you're trying to bring in. If you work in a male dominant workplace that is now working to have gender equality in the workplace, welcome your female coworkers. Make conversations inclusive. On the opposite side, if you work in a female dominant space and you're now bringing men into the company, work to make that an inclusive space. Do your part. Reaching out to another person, helping to bridge that gap, make that first step. Like I feel like that's sometimes the hardest one. It'll mean so much to someone who's new or who doesn't feel accepted. And as we talk about in our cultish episode, like sometimes you just need one person to get everything started to help other people be more receptive. And in this case, it's being receptive to something good. Mm -hmm. And also along that, be patient, but you don't need to change your values. And what I mean by that is like, if your company implements a really shitty DEI program and decide, oh, well, we're just gonna hire some people of insert color or gender here to mm -hmm. make it more equal, obviously like that's not great. However, like it is a step and I'm not saying you accept and say okay well they're done but take the crumbs take the things you do get and ask for more but don't be like oh so I tried this and it didn't work because it's mm -hmm. like when we just shit on things people are like oh see I tried and they didn't want that either so like, we just can't do it yeah no like that first step more often than not it feels really forced it doesn't have to always be that way but sometimes it's just like that little bit to get the ball rolling like the example I've been using for everyone who I know whose company has a new DEI I've been telling them uh the Pan Am story have I told you yet okay you did tell me when we were walking with Amanda. Oh, okay. About how, uh, for all of you listeners, when air travel was first becoming a popular commercial mode of transportation, women were not flight attendants. It was only men. However, Pan Am wrote a memorandum about how women should be included into the workforce because they would be better flight attendants or stewardesses as they were called back then because they were more nurturing, motherly. They could help people, put people at ease. If some someone got sick, they would know how to handle them and just generally they would have a more pleasant countenance. And women flocked to Pan Am. However, they didn't just take that little crumb and sit with it. All of the women who worked for Pan Am used that position to then leverage themselves greater opportunities within the company. Most women did not go in just as a stewardess and then leave as a stewardess. A lot of them got promoted and had amazing positions 
traditions within the company and I'd really like us to do a club on it so I'm not gonna tell a whole bunch about it but if you're interested let us know and I'll tell you more but it's a prime example of not taking the crumb and just sitting with it but take the crumb but take the crumb take all the crumbs and build something bigger what I feel is this episode started out obviously more light and things of like things to be a better person but I feel like the main bigger takeaway is like treat humans like humans remember you're a human and not a god unless you are Thor. But yeah, just remember human to human, person to person, connect with people, don't step on them. Literally or metaphorically. Mm -hmm. And on that note, thank you for listening to In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at In Omnia Pod on Instagram and let us know what you'd like to hear about in the comments. Bye. Bye.